0: Hello, 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 and welcome to Drag Nabit, a podcast about all things drag, from drag race to drag queens, drag culture, drag history, and much, much more.
1: Today's episode, my God, we are covering the final episode of season 13 of RuPaul's Drag Race US edition. Woo. And that's right. After what feels like eighty-four years worth of episodes,
0: seasons have happened. Presidents Se- have come and gone of from love, office. Right. <laughs> For, uh, Covid has been cured in America.
1: <laughs> Falls of the American government. <laughs> um, uh, the uh, the Suez Canal. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, uh, we are finally across that finish line. And we are about to give our final look back at the season. Mm. So in honor of that, returning to the podcast today is an extra special guest. She is a podcast legend, spearheading such shows as Another Round, See Something, Say Something, Thirst Aid Kit, and her latest podcast, Welcome to Your Fantasy, Chippendales Revealed, an American story of greed, sex, murder, and oiled-up dancers. Ooh. Everyone, please help me welcome Eleanor Kagan.
2: Yeah! Oh. <laughs> I'm still laughing that the boat got stuck in the Suez Canal and unstuck <laughs> while this whole season happened. <laughs> Girl, it was
0: <laughs> billions of dollars worth of industry lost
1: in that moment. So and, much happened. And that's just talking about the final looks.
0: Oh, hello. Thank you. Oh, my God. Oh, well, Eleanor, we are so glad to have you back. Thank um, you for Just having like me. us, Eleanor is a Drag Race super fan. And so we cannot mm-hmm. wait to serve the tea, have an excellent kiki with our podcast sister from another mister. (laughs) In fact, why don't we go ahead and get this show on the road? I'm Portia Control.
1: And I'm Syzygy.
0: And this is DragNabbit.
1: It's no secret here at DragNabbit HQ that like Gottmik's suddenly new body shape that this season of RuPaul's Drag Race has felt (laughs) padded, and it's Ooh. likely that this season will be remembered for being super long, being shot entirely during the COVID-19 pandemic, and having a drive-in finale. And there have been some standout moments from the show. So I ask you, dear sisters, what will be one of your favorite memories of season 13?
2: Um. Honestly, my brain just goes to the looks. I think mm-hmm. that this show, this season... I think the season had some incredible looks. I am thinking of Simone's do-rag look. I am thinking oh, of um, Utica's sleeping bag look. I am mm-hmm. thinking of Gotmix' monster look with the two big eyes. There were a lot mm-hmm. of really, really amazing clothes this season. I mean, um, the other part of my brain is also thinking about how much all that shit cost. Um. Yes. I don't know if you all saw the article that Rachel Miller did in Vice about how much mm-hmm. people are spending on Drag Race, and that's a whole other conversation. But purely a feast for the eyes, so many incredible looks this season.
1: What about, uh, what's your favorite candy look?
2: I, you know, <laughs> listen. <laughs> Alien, obviously. <laughs> I I think it is a divisive look, but I was a big fan of the like paper dress that looked like it was scribbled in black sharpie. I thought she pulled oh, it I off. Oh yeah, it was I thought great. She was fun. And yeah, you know what? The, the
1: revenge dress. Mm-hmm.
2: Dissenting opinion. I think that Lala Ree's paper bag look is high art. <laughs>
1: it's high concept for sure well thank you so much for joining us here today at please give a listen to the podcast oh my god Uh, i okay just as a quick aside my memory to now that eleanor now that you mentioned it is the looks just as an aside to talk about like the financials on the subject of that i'm not spilling any tea about what I heard firsthand, but I heard that Drag Race's PR team is going very hard to prevent that narrative that, like, these girls are being somewhat forced to spend tens of thousands of dollars. And they are, like, going above and beyond to sort of, like, curb how that's working. And it's, like, what I don't understand is, like, okay, you, you, can't be embarrassed of it but then also like Simone and Gottmik's runway or for like w- step and repeat final looks that we didn't even see on the show were done by uh Moschino they were done by um Chris- not Christian Siriano but there's a different one uh Bikkala um uh Simone is- was wearing a uh, Mugler to the finale watch party and it's like
0: yeah Mhm. Yeah, the the fashions, I mean, they've they've definitely been something and there is something in there around um the cost of these things and even if they're trying to say that it's not a thing it totally is a thing because you're on television and Mm -hmm. this is a visual medium. And if it's not high quality or looks high quality, you're going to get read for it, especially from some of these people who this is their only reference for drag. So Mm -hmm. that -hmm. feels a little disingenuous, but that aside, I would say that like, I think in spite of everything that happened, I have to say, I'm, I'm actually really proud that we were of the production that they were able to put together a Reasonably, like, a reasonable facsimile of, like, what any other season would have been like outside of the pandemic. Like, the lengths that they had to go through to make that happen. And outside of a few things here and there that were noticeable, like, I was pretty pleasantly surprised to see how well that happened. In terms of the things that I love about the show, probably the thing I will always remember is the roast. Because Mm. the roast, one, there were some really funny moments to it. And two, they were playing it to an empty room, which it was just... (laughs) horrid. And then three, the moment when Lonnie Love roasts Utica Queen back mm-hmm. from the panel. And she's like, you're the one that's bobbing, bitch. <laughs> that like lives rent free in my head, probably for the rest of eternity. So those for me are the things that that'll happen. That'll be that for, for that one. Like the other thing that we've already talked mm-hmm. about are the fashion moments. And so I would say, That's one thing that is huge throughout this season, as we mentioned. And it even played into the finale. So at the very beginning Mm -hmm. of the finale episode, we had a mini ball, which we didn't know we were going to get. This has never happened in the hist- in the history of Drag Race. So there were three different categories that each of the finalists had to walk on. So we were less than 10 minutes into the episode, and we already got 12 looks from these gals. So I would love to just very quickly go through not every single look, but maybe go through each category and talk through anybody that stood out for us positively or negatively, because you know, we love both sides here. So why don't we start with the first category, which was the black and white eleganza. What did we think? Who did we love? What stood out to us there?
1: Uh, okay, first of all, can I just ask a question? Mm-hmm. What, yes. what the fuck was going on? <laughs> like when she was just like, category is black and white. And I was like, oh wow, they're doing a theme for their final look, how fun. And then she's like, now the category is red. I was like, wait a second, What? what do you mean? What? Also, also, funny story. So that Vice article came about. The money came out on. It was like the fifteenth, and this was shot like around then. So that means that Vice reached out to them beforehand about like, hey, so we heard that these girls are being asked to spend money, Mm. and it's like then Drag Race is like, oh yeah, that's that's not great. Oh, girls, also bring three extra looks. (laughs) Make sure that they're make sure that they're pricey too.
2: (laughs) Though they looked expensive.
1: Oh,
0: except for candy, you, oh
1: girl! <laughs> Some of Candy's looked incredible. What I will say, okay, one of Candy's looks, her red carpet look, was done by the same designer who made me the one fancy dress I own, and oh, yes. I felt so rich. I was like, I, you are that girl, I'm famous. Um, okay, black and white. What I will say, um, Simone and Gottmik both incredible. I like. I actually liked candies a lot too, but Simone's.
2: Mm, mm -hmm.
0: It was on on another level. Oh, yeah! It was giving me like Bridgerton esque because you know how Bridgerton Mm. has like I don't know if you all watch it, but um, you know it's set in that like Victorian or Edwardian ish era in London, but then like it's all casting with people of all different ethnicities, and so the queen Mm -hmm. is African American, and so. Like, she'll have these elaborate, like, updos with, like, dreadlocks and stuff. Like, stuff that would never actually happen. But it gave Mm -hmm. me very much that. Because it was just, like, this huge, beautiful afro with the do-rags. I loved
2: that. She was so gorgeous. And I know that we have some mixed feelings about Rosé. But of the ball looks, this was the Rosé look that I liked the most. It was Mm -hmm. really, it was very, like, the penguin meets Eliza Doolittle. And you know what? Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that combo. Yeah. What are we in, in a dungeon? In a dungeon. Also in a dungeon.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's the black and white category. From there, we went on to the red category. Mm. How did our girls fare on red?
1: Girl got Mick walked out with that Keith Haring piece. Mm. Yeah, and I yeah. fell out.
0: It was so I, oh, art amazing. amazing.
1: Yeah and also Simone's with it was all made out of like acrylic nails and oh. then it had like the two hands as in yeah. like the mean Yeah. Ah also Yeah amazing. I was
2: just looking into that and the thing that i learned two things one is um the designer who did the hand sculpture is a member of the house of avalon um marco monroe and mm-hmm. Gigi good mm-hmm. from season 12 did all of simone's wigs this season
1: yeah is it? and that's, that's so some surreal. good hair mama
2: they did because i was like job. wait a second
1: when did Gigi learn how to do that hair
2: I don't like, know. This
1: little white girl from, and she's doing, and Gigi's doing hair sculpture with some of these in natural textures.
2: hmm It it's was incredible. really impressive.
0: It was brilliant. And yeah, the uh, red acrylics, it took me a minute to to pick out that like the fringy stuff was all mm-hmm. the red nails. She had huge red nails on her toes. <laughs> like it was so funny. But I think that's the thing about Simone. She has mm-hmm. this like, camp like when i think about other queens who are working in a similar aesthetic that are like fashion and camp like i think batman yeah. can do that she's she still airs more on the fashion-y side though mm-hmm. the only other person i can think of on this runway or on this series would be like a
2: manila yeah oh yeah shout out to manila's period dress that never saw the, never saw the show Oh, Um, honey, and
0: the lost in the apocrypha of Drag Race,
2: (laughs) but it's true. It's like Simone takes this concept of red acrylics and does it completely throughout the entire look, and Mm. it still looks incredible. It's it's just that is talent on another level.
0: Mm. Agree. So now the red category is closed, and then we move to the final look, the finale eleganza. No color scheme necessary, but you got to bring it. It was the last. Outside of your performance garment, it is the last impression that people are going to have of you before you hit the main stage. What did we think of our finale looks?
2: I thought this is Eleanor. Can, yeah, you go first, yeah. Um, this was the one where Candy looked absolutely gorgeous. agree, I think she mm-hmm. really brought it. And, like, it was clear she was really feeling herself. and she just she deserves in this moment to have a big, beautiful gown, and I was very mm-hmm. happy for her um. And I mean, Gotmick was absolutely incredible. Just the shapes that mm-hmm. yeah. her body created in that dress. I it was kind of like fifth element alien yes. yeah. chest burster, but crystals. I loved it.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Evil Queen from Snow White does Kingdom Hearts <laughs> does and it, it's weird because Like, the trumpet gown is having a moment right now. It is. And those girls, a lot of them could not move in those gowns. But you know what? They looked good when they were standing. Yes. And that's what's important. Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, I I agree with both of you. I think that Candy's look was gorgeous. I think clearly that's the one that, like, she dedicated the most time, effort, and energy to, and probably money. Um, also, like it was probably the most pretty that she's looked in terms of silhouette, like I know, and I'm not trying to body snipe or shame, but like I know she likes her little cocktail dresses or whatever, but like the shape that she was giving in that finale look like just was so flattering to her. like I was like, girl, yeah. if you could do more of this invested mm-hmm. in this, like this is what will make you look a plus level. but that was good, and i I think Mick was so cool and I'm, I'm with you on that like sci-fi fantasy she gave me like final fantasy villain is kind mm. of what she gave me
2: mm-hmm. which
0: i i really really appreciated i think i read on her instagram that she's like i was in 10 inch platform pleasers i was like oh girl <laughs> like i don't even want to know in a trumpet gown what gallon. her life was looking like underneath that that was a system of levers and pulleys but <laughs> um and then we had the other and then Our winner, Simone, I mean, I thought her outfit was so cool with the half armor, half sort of gauzy white thing, and then that Medusa-like hair. hair. Uh, Just really something else. And then there's Rosé, who came out in something, once again, not flattering, making her look whiter (sighs) than she is and squatter than she is. I just I... I don't get it with her sometimes. And by sometimes I mean most of the time.
1: I really want to like (laughs) Rosé. I do. (laughs) Because she seems so nice and cool and chill and so talented. But looking at the looks, I just didn't... It didn't like... My jaw never dropped, you know? Right. And I felt like my jaw dropped on so many other of the girls. Actually, literally, my jaw dropped on every single look of the other three girls except for candy's red look mm. with the single single ply one bundle of human hair but every all the other looks <laughs> were gag but rosés i don't know i just eh. it
2: looked kind of costumey to me in the way yeah. yeah all the other looks i think did a really good job of looking both high fashion and costumey at the same time like obviously they're all avant-garde they're all on another level but they're still like elevated and rosé's just looked like it was a costume that the king wore in hamilton and i don't know it just it didn't do it for me
1: well On the subject of imperialism and uh, (laughs) King George, uh, let's cut that shit out and take a quick break. (laughs) R.I.P. Prince Philip, (laughs) R.I.P.
0: The time has come for the girls to lip sync for the crown. Now, for those of you who have not been following the show as closely as we have, the Lip Sync for the Crown finale concept started back in Season 9, although some people think that it's been around for forever. Now, that season, there were a number of lip syncs that were Everybody was talking about because it wasn't a very good lip sync season. If you'll recall, it was the season with Valentina where she prophetically asked to not take her mask off during her lip sync. Uh, And you know what? She might have been a little bit right um, in retrospect. Now, back in season nine, when this format change happened, it was pretty monumental and shook up the formula. Um, And some might say it's for the best and some might say it's not. It's not. But I would love to hear from the two of you what your take on that. Like, what would you say about having this lip sync for the crown format helps make the show better?
2: G, do you want to go? Want me to go? Well, I guess part of me
1: really likes it because it does give like a very clear indicator of who it won, you know, it we have really good examples of like Queens who nailed it, AKA Sasha and Evie. Mm -hmm. And then we have examples of Queens who should have won, but it all fell apart at the end. Like uh, Asia, uh, regrettably. Um, And also tonight we really got to see who was winning the, like we know that the challenge is going to be the lip sync. What I don't like about it is lip syncing is such a critical skill for drag queens, but drag is also evolving and we are looking for the next drag race superstar who is transcending beyond just being a bar queen. True. And RuPaul did not get her did not get famous through lip sync. No. So I think that this kind of shoots some girls in the foot. Like we, Bianca wouldn't have won. No. Mm-mm. Um Violet would have won cuz she was she is a good lip synker, but like looking at some of these other girls like it may have been hard for Jinx, you know. It I don't know.
2: Yeah. What I, do
1: you think, Eleanor?
2: I think that like we started off this this new era of lip sync finale so strongly with Sasha's rose petal wig reveal that it kind of felt like ever since then, people have tried to do some kind mm-hmm. of shocking reveal, like Asia and the Butterflies. You know, there have been costume reveals. Um This year, I mean, I know we'll get into it more. There are a couple of reveals, but I I guess it kind of comes down to the question of, like, what makes an incredible lip sync and what makes an incredible lip sync on TV? Because, Mm -hmm. you know, I think about this every time there is a lip sync on the show. If I was seeing this in a bar, I would be losing my fucking mind. But because I'm watching it on TV, there is a bit of a remove where... Mm the energy is just different. And so I feel like the bar has been set so high for these lip syncs that anything less than the most spectacular thing you've ever seen feels, I don't know, maybe like a letdown. And that, in addition to so many other things in Drag Race, it feels like so much pressure for these contestants that year after year they have to one-up the previous year Mm -hmm. and. I don't know. I I don't know where to go from here. So I I think we've seen some really incredible performances, but I think I'm ready for a change.
0: What do you? Yeah, guys I'd think? agree with you. I think mm. that um, I think that yeah, like it was genius what Sasha did, and yet I think she also opened up the floodgates and has a lot to answer for now <laughs> because everyone is just you know that's the thing. Everyone's got to take off seventeen pieces of costuming and change hair on stage and like for there to be a gag. And like, that's, that's cool. Like there's nothing, I'm not trying to like down on it, but at the end of the day, like that's not, that's not what being, that's not what a good lip sync is comprised of. Right. You can have all the bells and muscles. So I think on the one hand, there's that. And then on the other hand, I think about how in some ways the lip sync formula or the lip sync, um, the lip sync integration into the finale now in some ways almost becomes a great equalizer, right? Because Mm. Mm. you may not have the most sophisticated things that are going on, but if you are bringing it as a performer, you can overcome someone having shoots, ladders and everything else because you're bringing it even just like through the strength of your own character and the way that you interpret a song. So I can see kind of both of those things happening. Yet I can also sort of get on board with like we need a format change something.
1: I, I can yeah. agree with that, yeah. It's also, like technically, if we look at the, the whole span of, of, of Drag Race, seasons one through three had a lip sync against the final two contestants. Seasons four through eight nixed that completely, and it, the finale became sort of a, a retrospective
0: Right, like a reunion, yeah.
1: A, yeah, a semi-reunion fluff piece in which Rue would just arbitrarily pick who she wanted to win. And then Mm -hmm. nine through now 13 have featured the slip sync for the crown format. I think it is, we are due for technically numerically. We're due for somewhat of a change.
0: We love, we love the numbers and the science and the data here at DragNab at HQ.
1: Mm. Now, Before our contestants throw down for their lip sync, we go through many of the typical motions that have been staples throughout many of the finales. RuPaul has a sit-down interview with each of the contestants to see how they've been doing since the show wrapped. And there's always a video from friends, family, or a celebrity. So I'm curious, which of these segments gave us winner energy and which ones were just meh?
0: I have to say that in general, I don't love these interviews. They are super canned mm-hmm. it's there's something about taking them away from the reality show aspect of it, where they're just like talking and riffing in real life versus where we have all these scripted things to say, and you know we know we're on a stage and we know we're being filmed that I think really sucks a lot of the energy out. um The interesting thing for me, and I felt it was going to be. It felt like if they were setting us up for something with Rosé in particular, Mm. when they made mention of her injury, the minute that that happened during that interview, I was like, Rosé's not making it. Because they're telling us, without necessarily telling us, that she's not at her 100% tonight. Mm -hmm. So that, to me, was probably the only thing that truly stood out. Everything else felt super rehashy, but I'm curious to see what you all's takes were.
1: So my favorite moment was when RuPaul was interviewing Rosé and uh, she was like, oh, the only Scottish word, or the only thing I can say in a Scottish brogue is Lawrence Chaney. She was like, can you teach me something else in a Scottish brogue? And Rosé was like, yeah, Ellie Diamond. And I fucking fell out. Like... And it was at that moment that I knew uh, Rosé was certainly not making the finale. <laughs> also, in terms of it, she was like, yeah, I sprained my ankle six months ago. Bitch, get a cortisone shot. It's the, it's the Olympics. <laughs> <laughs> like, am I the only one that, like, I get it. But as someone who had three surgeries on my ankles and feet within a four-month period and then had to do a dance performance six months later, get a shot.
0: Cut the shot, honey.
2: Yeah. Cut the crap. Do what you got to do.
1: Now, what, what about you all? Like, when you're watching those, like, those segments, did anyone else's, did you watch it and you were like, oh, you're winning?
2: Um, I felt like it was definitely Gottmik or Simone at that point. You know, Gottmik was getting kind of the winner's edit and Simone was getting kind of the underdog edit it's weird i mean we could talk a lot about simone's edit over the season but it was like a little bit of um the storyline that we've seen with like jinx monsoon and with crystal method where they're doing great bob maybe even bianca where it's like oh they're doing great they're like clearly the winner but then there has to be some moment where you question it and with Mm -hmm. simone with Simone it was the inner saboteur thing that we've seen a million times on the show where she was maybe not believing in herself mm-hmm. as much to kind of set her up for the victory and um mm. I know Drag Race loves that storyline.
0: And so we do. We, do. we <laughs> do. I mean, it's it's just so it's so um it's so universal, right? And it's so just like compelling to like have that storyline. I, I feel like there's always, and that's part of why, you know, with a few exceptions, like there's almost always the winner almost always is in the bottom ones. Like there's a few that happen. There's always that one moment where it's like, ooh, you know, they had to come back from something. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, But yeah, so we get through all of those interviews and then, you know, we'll be talking about the lip sync in a second. But I did want to give a special mention uh, to the segment that particularly was giving tribute to our fallen sister, Miss Chi Chi Devane. Mm -hmm. Now, we lost Chi Chi, who was born Xavion Davenport, last year due to complications related to her scleroderma. The tribute in my eyes was... Really, really touching and so beautiful, especially given how unfortunate her circumstances were and that she, you know, passed truly like at the height of the COVID pandemic and it was hard to get information and news and I'm sure even harder for her to be surrounded by people that cared about her. And it was nice to hear people just share all the fond memories of Chi-Chi. What did we think about that tribute? And is there anything about Chi-Chi Um, that sticks out to you or that like you always remember her for or by
1: I think my favorite Chi Chi moment was it was actually this uh, Instagram live video that and you can find online I think of that Kim did uh, during one of the tours and Kim would do this thing where she would walk up behind one of the girls turn on the Instagram live and uh, put a hot Mm. pepper in their mouth and make them eat it uh, without them knowing. Uh, It was Mm. actually just a Korean sweet pepper. But uh, my favorite part was she gave one to Chi-Chi, and Chi-Chi just goes, God, this tastes like outside. (laughs) And I thought, you know what? Sometimes when you're eating a vegetable, it does taste like outside.
2: (laughs) Um, (laughs) What about
0: you, Eleanor?
2: I mean, Chi-Chi is one of my all-time favorite queens, and I was so sad when we lost her, and so I thought the, the the tribute was really beautiful, and it was I mean, it's just clear how deep a lot of those friendships are, and I mm-hmm. was really just delighted to see a clip from her black and white lip sync um. Yeah. That was to, and I'm telling you, I'm not going, yes. right? Yeah. And mm-hmm. she breaks her necklace and the beads explode all over the stage and she just keeps singing. And it was perfect because that song is about falling apart and mm-hmm. her, she was falling apart. And in that moment, you're just like, okay, this is, an, this is an incredibly talented performer, a beautiful soul. I love her smile. I don't know. Yeah. It was really, I thought it was a really nice moment.
0: Yeah, she was definitely super genuine. She seemed super kind in every one of her interactions. Um, One of my my favorite things about her is just her ability to kind of be silly and foolish. And so when she won that challenge and they said that she would have a tour of New England and she thought (laughs) she was going to the United Kingdom (laughs) and Rue was like, no, New England is in the United States, girl. Like, <laughs> that's the kind of stuff that I just live for and have a hoot and holler over. And, you know, RuPaul is just doing her silly little laugh over.
1: <laughs> I mean, you know, uh, to throw it back to England and royalty again and more references, let's talk about another queen that is very important in our hearts. Um Britney Spears. Britney S. Pierce. theme. Mm-hmm. Britney S. Pierce, the theme of this year's Lip Sync for the Crown. Free Britney. So, girl, the. Uh, and speaking choice. of wheels of misfortune, <laughs> <laughs> um, the gag of the season is the wheel picking candy and rose Honey, to battle uh, it out. Uh,
0: uh, New York fighting wow. each other.
1: What, what do y'all think? What do you think? Like, tell me everything.
2: In that moment, you know, you know how one of our, our, our running questions on Drag Race is, you know, how much are the producers controlling versus how much is just happening? Right. And in this moment, I was like, why are the producers not stepping in to change this so you Because, because here's how, here's what it changes. When you have Simone and Gottmik facing each other in a lip sync in the first round, whoever Mm -hmm. wins that lip sync is winning the whole thing. And Mm -hmm. it just takes away all of the stakes from the final, final lip sync. And the producers should have known that. Mm. And I don't know. I think having Gottmik and Simone face off against each other in the final would have been a more exciting moment because we really might not have known who was going to win. But as soon as Rosé and Candy were were picked to lip sync against each other, it was like, okay, well, there's only one lip sync that matters here. That's going to determine the winner.
1: Right. Yeah, my heart sank.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I kind of knew it was over for Rosé. I mean, this is the same person who... The first episode of this season got bested by Olivia Lux a Baby Queen. Because the truth is, it's like, Rosé, and we talked about this before, she's super professional. She's super talented for the stuff that she needs to, like, prepare for and do, like, lines and all that kind of stuff. Like, she's there. I just don't find her super compelling. And there's something about doing a lip sync where you've got to have that fire. Mm-hmm. And I just don't see it with her. So I felt like as soon as no, it was no, no. her and Candy, I was like, ooh, it's, it's going to be an uphill battle
2: mm-hmm.
0: for Rosé if she even does it. So I was not yeah. surprised.
1: I mean, I, pers- I think that one of the reasons why they may have left it entirely up to fate was because in season nine, and this story actually went pretty viral in the past like year and a half or so in season nine um, it came out that peppermint and trinity spoke beforehand and they knew that the producers were going to do everything they could to have a sasha versus Shay finale mm. and so peppermint and trinity were like well that means that when we go against them we are going to get defeated no matter what the producers will just eliminate us. So let's just pick if it, if we get picked, we pick each other. Mm -hmm. So at least one of us gets to, gets to go to that final two. And I, I think now that maybe producers were like, okay, well we don't want girls gaming the system. So let's just leave it all up to fate.
2: Interesting. And we got that. Mm. Wow. I did not know that. That's so interesting. Yeah.
0: It's the deep investigative journalism it's, that happens here. It's this
1: girl. Also, also on the subject of that too. That's the reason you don't really see girls from Puerto Rico anymore. It's because in by season six, uh, production found out that they would always cast one or two girls from Puerto Rico. Yep. Mm -hmm. So, what the girls, what the community of drag queens down there did was they were like, oh, you're only casting one or two? Okay, we'll just pick amongst us. These are the two videos we are sending. Right. And these are the girls that we have essentially, they elected as on their own internal decision. And so then once they found out, they were like, oh, you're doing that? Cool uh april you've been cast april you're eliminated and then we're never going to really cast another girl again unless she's working here in the states
2: wow Mm.
0: honey the colonialism is real i cannot deal puerto rico's Uh, drag race needs to
2: happen immediately
0: immediately i'm happy to host it i'll go back down (laughs) uh (laughs) well miss rose is out of the competition after a relatively lackluster performance against one candy muse. I can only imagine that the petition for her to go into the next season of all stars. Well, not the next one. Cause the next one's in the can, but the one after that um, is probably already out the door. So good luck to her. Excited for her that she got to, you know, do but be- She certainly did better than her sister Jan, which is great. And now we just wait for the inevitable conclusion, which is Laguna Blue um, from <laughs> the Stephanie's Child. So, Rosé's out. And then the next round is, as we mentioned before, between Gottmik and Rosé. Um, wait. As I think we've already alluded to, I'm... Oh, sorry. Gottmik and mm. Simone. Oh, yeah. And it here. <laughs> <laughs> um... We already talked about this a little bit, but you know, I think it was disappointing that it did shake out that way because this is the this is the final one we wanted to see, not the not the penultimate one we wanted to see. But it is what it is. The Wheel of Fate gives and it takes away. The Contestants give it all in a lip sync to Gimme More by Britney Spears. And for me, I felt like this was a much closer lip sync than the first one we witnessed, but I'm curious to see what y'all's takes were.
1: It did feel closer than the previous one, but I also... I don't think that Mick is as good of a lip-sync queen as some of the other ones. Mm -hmm. So I already felt like going into this finale with this format that she was already at a little bit of a disadvantage. Mm -hmm. And I thought that if the numbers shook out different... If she had faced Candy or Rosé, there would have been a better shot. And if Simone had been eliminated in the first round of lip syncs, then Gottmik would have won no matter what. But, I mean, I thought they did good. Obviously, Simone is on a different level. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. What did, what did you think, Eleanor?
2: Simone, I cannot stop looking at her face. She can just park there on the stage and just use her entire face to perform, and I'm, like, Mm -hmm. jelly in front of her. Like, (laughs) she is... I guess I guess you would call that star quality. Like, Simone has this one moment, and she's done this a couple times, where she just, like, looks down and then looks up again, and I'm like, oh my god, that's the greatest moment. I just made a gif of it before we got on to record because I was like, I'm gonna need to study this for a while. Simone (laughs) just... Does it? She, she, like she doesn't even need the bells and whistles of reveals. Even though she had two of them, she had a costume reveal from this kind of like sweatsuit into um, this, you know, bikini type Mm -hmm. body Timberland outfit. Yeah, completely made of Timberland boots. Mm -hmm. Looked so great. And then she took off her uh, high flat top to reveal a blonde ombre wig and like loved them both, but she didn't even need it. Like the way she moves her body, the way she moves her face. I'm, I'm so with it.
1: Mm. I, I am in agreement. And now uh, post Gottmik, which I'm a little heartbroken that Gottmik didn't get there to the finale, 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 Mm -hmm. but we are down to the final two, which are, Predictably Simone and the wild card of the season, Candy Muse. They lip sync to Britney's Till the World Ends, a song I didn't know was titled that, but I'm also not a Britney historian, <laughs> unlike Miss Portia Control. Oh, it's
2: such Wait, what do you think the song was called?
1: I didn't know it was a song. <laughs> what?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that it is a jam. It is an amazing song. I, yeah,
1: I know that Britney's there and I love Britney, I think, but a lot of her music, I'm just like, oh, 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 that's a Britney. Well, how pleasant, how lovely. Now, <laughs> their styles are, as always, they were two very different takes on the form, and we're reminded of the lip sync from the episode where they both were spared from elimination. So who did you think watching that, who did you think was going to win?
2: I mean, I love Candy, and I think she's an incredible performer, and I was thrilled to see her in the finale, but there was no question. For me. I don't know. What about for you, Portia?
0: Yeah, I, you know, in my heart, I knew that it had to be Simone, Mm -hmm. and yet with all of the nonsense that had gone on in the season, I was like... If this is a Candy Muse win, like because Candy, to her credit, brought it. Like, yes, she <laughs> came out there in that white suit that I did not enjoy, and that bang that was harsh that I did also not enjoy.
1: Oh, the Lisa Lisa, yeah. Though.
0: And but then at one point she brought out the Dominican flag, which I actually really enjoyed that moment. She's like, "I'm just gonna get." Where did she get that? flag I'm just gonna from? get real ethnic all of a sudden. I was like, "Yes, Mama, work." um and she reminded us that deep down she is a super fierce performer mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. i was like it's gotta be simone but you know with i like i said with everything going on i was like if they give it to candy i also think there would just be like riots on the internet if they gave it to candy it
1: would be white This would have a this
0: white would not even know what to do with themselves but yeah i just it kind of had to be simone
1: I agree. It, it it did. And Simone did the best. As an agent of chaos, I would have loved to see a Candy win. Also, I'm going to be honest. I'm tired of all these skinny, tall girls winning. I I don't care who it is. Crown a big girl. Laurence yeah. Chaney. Season 14. Besides, well, I don't care about England because I'm not a loyalist. <laughs> I care about America. No, um, like... Well, the only thing I will say, when Simone did her hair explosion reveal, Mm -hmm. did anyone else think that it was going to spin like a helicopter?
2: Uh, Me? Yeah, it seemed like a slight malfunction there. I wasn't totally sure what was going on.
1: Yeah, it exploded, and then I was like, oh, fun. Is it going to twirl? Is it going to be a whirly gig? And it didn't. And I mean, she still won, and she did great. But see, this is why you you need to practice some of these gags. Mm-hmm. Like Sasha, practice those. Ro- Sasha practice rose petals under a wig for hours. And she some did. of some of these other girls walk on stage, and they're like, "Oh, live live butterflies <laughs> inside." Yeah, we'll do it live. <laughs> One and done. Great, guys.
0: This definitely has no potential of failing girl the great pyrotech. okay so side note right we're going to do an explanatory comma for those of you that are not into the deep lore of RuPaul's Drag Race (laughs) but season 10 Aquarius season where she won this was an interesting lip sync from what I understand the tea that I gathered is that in the finale in that first lip sync All of her little gags or whatever that were supposed to happen messed up. And yet she still ended up winning lip sync and moving on to the next round. And then finally for the the second one where it was the three way between her and Cameron Michaels and... Uh, Eureka, Eureka, Eureka. Oof, girl. I just I try and mentally block her out of my life. So all star six, Could not baby. Not remember that bitch's name. She's coming back to be another <laughs> no. fucking back, monster. Back, back
2: again, girl. Um,
1: Serena Cha Cha for the honey. win. I'm saying <laughs> it now. I've been dying girl. to talk to you
2: about that, by the way. But we can save that till later. <laughs> I was right. <laughs> <We'll> save <laughs> that. But about the pirate, she has been on the Serena Cha Cha train for years from
0: the beginning. Oh no, we've talked about it. So then the pirate, you know, there was all all. all these pyrotechnics issues. And then, you know, obviously it all worked out in the end for the thing. But from what I understand, there was just all this shady editing to make it look like things were not nearly as bad as they were to help justify Mm. Aquaria moving forward and then ultimately winning. And I think she even said in her acceptance speech, which they cut out, like you can mess up and still win or something kind of thing. Like, this is what I heard. I could be wrong, but that's the deep tea that I know.
1: Mm. Right. I always actually, I always thought it was weird that in your, in Aquaria's little exception, she was like, that you can, yeah, like you said, mess up and still win. I was like, wait, Aquaria, when did you mess up? Right. I was like, you were on fire the whole season. What are you talking about? She
0: messed up then lip syncs,
1: girl. Damn, do
2: you take that to that mean, puts
1: a lot of shit into perspective?
2: Yeah. Do you take that to mean that she was good enough in the lip sync that she didn't need all those bells and whistles to still win? Or mm. did, was that a trick of the edit? I
0: think it was mm. a trick of the edit. I think people wanted her to win. So she could have come out there, I don't know she could have come out there and failed completely, but I think she clearly could have done better than she did, but they wanted her to win.
2: Yeah. That's my take. I mean, I I think back on Evie Oddly's finale lip sync, mm-hmm. because at that point we had already seen the rose petals, we had seen the butterflies, and it was like, what's she going to do, and she was against Silky, right? And Silky had all these outfit reveals and wig reveals. And all...
1: Oh, no, uh... Brooke. The... Brooklyn.
2: Brooklyn, right, of course. Um, Silky Brooklyn. was in the round before. So Brooklyn had all these wig reveals and outfit reveals. Mm-hmm. And all Evie Oddly did was turn her head to reveal another face on the back of her head. And that was, like, the only reveal she needed for it to be really exciting. And so yeah. I just appreciated the, like, twist on the lip sync reveal that she brought
1: I did too I thought I thought that I was like oh she's wearing a a kind of an interesting choice for a dress. I wonder if she's going to reveal that. And she didn't. She just had those cool mirrors and she looked cool. Yeah. That was a good lip sync.
0: <laughs> Don't turn your head oh. unless there's another <laughs> head on the back. <laughs> unless there's another <laughs> <head>. <laughs> Oh, man. So legendary lip syncs. And this one was another legendary lip sync. And we have to give congratulations to our season 13 winner, none other than Miss Simone Simonier congratulations yeah your journey through drag race was filled with peaks and valleys but ultimately i think she won us all over with her passion her tenacity these amazing fashion moments that she gave us and as we mentioned before by overcoming that little inner saboteur storyline that rue the judges and everybody else just seems to love (laughs) so so much Um, An interesting thing about this um, win, um, and we've we've mentioned this in other episodes, you know, one of the things that was kind of not interesting, one of the things that was uh, we noticed as a bit of a pattern in the earlier seasons of the program is that every year they were essentially trying to give the crown to a different type of queen. And so they weren't necessarily focused with a couple of exceptions, like giving the crown to the same type of girl, but mm-hmm. with Simone being crowned, like this is now, I think our fifth in a row of like black glamorous, including all sorts of like black glamor Queens winning, which I'm not mad at, but I also find really, really interesting. um it- is there anything that you can that like we can pull from that or is there anything that Simone's win tells us about this series or that speaks to us personally?
1: I will say that looking at Simone's body of work and her portfolio, Simone is part of this new movement that you're seeing that is truly like a another like black renaissance and we haven't really seen this since the 80s and early 90s. Mm-hmm. And it's her body of work is just incredible. And I'm so excited to see what we're going to see next. And it it is something to be said that we have now. um, Evie Monet. uh, Jada Shay. And now uh, Simone in a row of, of Queens who have won and. It's weird that the fan base still has so much vitriol and and, and racism in it. Mm-hmm. Um, but at least the show is putting recognition where recognition is due. Yep.
2: Yes. Agreed.
0: Well, on that note, it's been a lovely, lovely time talking about this oh. episode. And I think we just need to take a little bit of a quick break and send this one on home.
1: For the last time this season, we did it, Joe. (laughs) We finally hit the final episode of this season that felt more like a decade than just a few months. We hope that you've enjoyed going on this never-ending story with us and will stick around when we continue to cover Drag Race and more in its various iterations and even bring in more drag performers to talk about drag artistry and drag (laughs) story.
0: Well, girl, I have to say that it was a somewhat fantastic voyage for me, for sure. I'm glad that we can take a little bit of a break, collect ourselves until we decide what we want to cover. If we're going to cover Australia or España, which is coming up, or maybe even that Camp Wanakiki that I completely refuse to talk about or do anything with. (laughs) Uh, But time will only tell. I want to give a special thanks and shout out to our gal pal, our squirrel friend <laughs> Eleanor Kagan, for being once again an amazing guest co-host. Uh, Eleanor, as you say your goodbyes, how can people get a hold of you, and are there any upcoming things that you want to highlight that's going on with you?
2: Um, you can follow me on Twitter at Eleanor Kagan um, or on Instagram at Bloomsday Report. Um, or Bloomsday Makes, which is where I have started posting, uh, clothes that Ooh. I've been making, because as oh. I've said to Sissy many times, it is my goal and dream to become, uh, a person who can actually sew garments for drag queens, um, drag performers of all kinds. One day, I need to get my hands on some vinyl, honestly, um... But anyway, uh, I also made a podcast this past year about the history of Chippendales, the male strippers, and uh, it's a wild ride, so check it out. It's called Welcome to Your Fantasy, and uh, y'all are the best. Thank you for having me on. All I want to do is talk about how Serena Cha-Cha is going to win All-Star 6.
1: <laughs> she,
0: she's she got to win. You, like... You've heard it here first, the prophetic vision. <laughs> she went to art school, okay? She knows what soft culture is. educated. <laughs>
1: <laughs> she is educated, goddammit. God, damn,
0: god it. damn it. Oh, okay. Oh, and now, sadly, our time must draw to a close. So
1: until next time, I'm Portia. And I'm Syzygy, and Serena Cha Cha will win <laughs> All-Star Six, and this was Drag Nabin. DragNabbit is a podcast that is a proud member of this QPOC network. Editing is done by Alana Curtis with graphic design by Syzygy and script supervision by Portia Control.